Good afternoon. Welcome back to Crest in the Afternoon. Marcus Peter filling in for Al Crest. We had an intriguing conversation with Philip Primo about God and man and the apocalypse of the cross. And we've got further intriguing conversations that will take place in this segment and the next segment. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, John Martinoni, and quite frankly, he's a, <laughs> I consider him a bit of a hero. Most of us know what we believe as Catholics, but often when we're unclear on why we believe it. And at, at at a time when vast numbers of Catholics are slipping away from the faith, God has tasked you and me and countless other Catholics with understanding the faith so that we will be prepared to defend it. And this is a paraphrase from First Peter 3 verse 15. Dr. John Martinoni joins us with advice for getting started in apologetics. Dr. John Martinoni is the founder and president of the Bible Christian Society, which is ironic considering it's Catholic. It's an apologetics and evangelization apostolate that reaches hundreds of thousands of people each year across the United States and throughout the world with the truths of the Catholic faith. For 17 years now, he's hosted EWTN Radio's Open Line, which was heard on uh, hundreds of stations across the country, and he has founded and run Catholic radio stations in Alabama. He has a regular e-newsletter, Apologetics for the Masses, that has more than 40,000 subscribers in all 50 states and in more than 80 countries across the world. He's currently the Director of Evangelization for the Diocese of Birmingham in Alabama. John, how are you doing today, sir? I am doing quite well, Marcus. I just need to make one small correction. Yes, sir. I'm not a doctor. I'm just uh, ordinary. I've got a BS and MBA in finance, but in one year of PhD in finance, but I never got a doctorate degree. Oh, okay. Other I, than that, we're all good. <laughs> I humbly apologize for that. That's my mistake. Uh, That's all right. I've been called father before, too, on the air, so <laughs> I was like, no, no. You know, but that that wouldn't be. Never mind. I, I don't want to go down that route. Uh, so, uh, John, you you know, I, I've shared this with you, you know, a couple of times on messages, and now we're talking. But you were really instrumental in introducing me to certain key doctrines about the Catholic faith. This uh, your work started my journey in studying the Catholic faith, and then I, I encountered Tim Staples' uh, work on Mariology, particularly Behold Your Mother, and then it was Pope Benedict XVI's work, you know, like a, like a good father, he brought me home. So in, in no small way were you massively instrumental in helping me become Catholic, and you've been doing this for hundreds of thousands of people across the world. So what got you started in apologetics? Well, what got me started was uh, I, I had been out of the church for 13 years, and I came back uh, in, what was that, 1989, I guess it was. Uh, but I was still what you would call a cafeteria Catholic. I didn't really know my faith. This, this was, would have been in my early 30s, or right at my 30th birthday, basically. And, uh, and so I started, and like I said, I'm in finance, so I, I was... Uh, I left the Ph.D. program at North Carolina in Chapel Hill, came back to Alabama and started working uh, at, at a university teaching and then at a bank in Birmingham doing investment stuff. And people at the bank, they kept asking me all these questions. Why do Catholics do this? Why do Catholics do that? And I was like, what are you asking me for? And they're like, well, you're, um, you're Catholic. Oh, oh, yeah, okay, so I guess I should know the answers. So I, I went down to the bookstore. We had a, a Catholic bookstore here in Birmingham. <coughs> Excuse me. And I went down there, and I, I walked in. There was this woman there, and she was ancient. I mean, probably 90 years old. It, and uh, she was just a volunteer, so she wasn't there regularly, I found out. And I asked her, I said, is there a book? This was probably two, three years before the catechism had come out, early 90s. I said, is there a book 
that tells us why we Catholics believe what we believe. And she said, huh. And she just walked out from behind the, the counter, and she wa- literally walked up and down every aisle in the bookstore for about 30 minutes. And I'm just standing there at the counter going, what is she doing? You know, and, and, and she comes back, she goes, no, we don't have a book like that. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so what am I supposed to do? She goes, well, here. And she hands me a cassette tape, and she said, I've heard this tape is pretty good. You ought to listen to it. And I'm thinking, I don't want a cassette tape. I want a book. I want to be able to mark it up. I'm a research person. I've always known how to read. I don't want to listen to anything. So, I, But I was polite, and I said, okay, well, thank you, ma'am. I took, went out, put it in my uh, cassette player in my car. Well, that's when my life changed, because that was Scott Hahn's conversion story. Oh, wow. On that tape. And so here's this this Protestant, former Protestant minister talking about becoming Catholic because of the Bible. And I was like, what a novel concept, you know? <laughs> I was like, oh, what is going on? So I just started ordering all the Scott Hahn stuff I could get, and then I got into other people. Got some Tim Staples stuff, Carl Keating, you know, all these folks, and just started teaching myself apologetics. And, and then uh, one day, a few years later, I heard this program on the radio just just by accident, caught the last 45 seconds of it, and it was saying, you know, the Catholic Church is the, is the political Horf. religious system that the, anti, that the Antichrist will use to take over the world. I was like, yeah, and the whore of Babylon. Yeah, that's right. And, and so I called them to complain. You shouldn't say things like that about Catholics, the Catholic faith. And, and one thing led to another, and I wound up with a Catholic apologetics program, one hour live every Sunday evening on the largest evangelical radio station in the state of Alabama. <laughs> you know, uh, your your conversion tape is one of the first things I, I ever listened to in my journey back into the Catholic Church. I didn't realize I was on my way back in the Catholic Church. I just... I was compelled by a friend because I was attacking the church, and he said I didn't know what I didn't know, and I just wanted to prove him wrong. And but but I, I you tell that story so comically in in your conversion story, it's hilarious. Uh, well, that's well, I I found it all hilarious until I actually went in and probably about uh, I don't know, it must have been about a year year, three months or so after I first heard that that offensive program and I had called to complain that I wound up signing a contract to be on the air for once a week for a year. And I remember going out to my car and getting in the car and just looking up towards heaven and going, you better not leave me now. You know, because like, what the heck did I just do? You know, because I still didn't know my faith very well. And, and with, when the show started a few weeks later, what I would do is I would go to Mass Saturday night, and I would pick one topic that the show was going to be about, Mary or the Pope or salvation or, or Sola Scriptura or something. And if you asked me a question other than on that topic, you did not get an answer. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I would study the topic all day Sunday, and I think the show was at 6 o'clock Sunday evening, and I would go in and say, all right, we're talking about Mary. And if somebody called and said, well, what about the Pope? Nope, we're going to do a show on the Pope in a, in a few weeks. Stay tuned. So we're talking about Mary tonight. So I was able to control the conversation because 
I wasn't ready to answer questions about the Pope or, or about confession or, or the Eucharist. It, I'm talking about Mary tonight. So it was, uh, yeah, and the whole thing, the way it all happened, it, it was, you know, looking back, it's like, oh, my goodness. I could have, I know it was, it was, it's God because I had no clue what I was doing, had no plan to do what I was doing. I always tell people the end result that I was looking for of my complaint to the radio station was that I could eventually go down there with a picket sign and say anti-Catholic bigots and picket their station and get a get my picture in the newspaper. <laughs> you know, and I wanted to be able to send the, the picture in the newspaper to my mom and say, "Look, ma, your your boy made the big time." You know, <laughs> but that's not how it worked out. So Gosh. God had other plans. Clearly, clearly, and and despite the fact that it. It happened through happenstance. You've been heavily involved in the work of apologetics ever since. You founded the Bible Christian Society. So tell us about that and, and how you got started in, in the work of apologetics to the extent that you do it right now. Well, once I had the show on, and, and the way the Bible Christian Society came about is when I first called the station to complain about that initial program I had heard that was bashing the church. They, they ignored me, so I wrote them a letter, and when I sat down to write the letter complaining about their programming, I signed it John Martinoni, and I was getting ready to fold it up and put it in the envelope and drop it in the mail, and I thought, you know, they don't give a rip who John Martinoni is, so I, so I, I made up the Bible Christian Society, <laughs> and I made myself the president. So I signed it, John Martinoni, President, Bible Christian Society, and sent it off. So that's how the Bible Christian Society came to be. But then once I got on the air, the Catholics in the area just started going nuts. They're like, thank you for doing this, because, you know, they were, that, it was one of the few Christian stations around, and they, they, Catholics would listen to it, and they would almost every day hear something bashing the Catholic Church, and and so the Catholic community got behind it, and, and then people started asking me, well, can you come to my church and give a talk and give a talk? So I, okay, sure, why not? And so I gave this series of talks at a local parish four Wednesday nights in a row, and my wife at the time, or my, well, yeah, she was my wife. She had been working at EWTN, so I knew a bunch of people at EWTN, so I asked a guy who worked at EWTN Radio, could you record these talks just in case somebody might want to get a copy? Mm. So he came down, he recorded them. Well, it was Tom Price, who's the director of programming, mm -hmm. and he liked the talk, so he said, I'm going to air them on the radio. Well, I had no clue, this would be late 90s now, that EWTN had AM and FM affiliates. I thought they were simply a shortwave radio mm. pro. Uh, station and so i said yeah go ahead air it on the radio i don't care and uh he aired it a few months later aired all four of those talks and i started getting calls from all over the place and you know can you come talk at a church yeah sure where are you well we're in uh you know michigan we're in reno nevada we're in sacramento california we're in tallahassee Florida. i was like what the heck is going on <laughs> So, and then people started asking for copies of the talks. So a tape ministry was born, uh, and I had to borrow a cassette duplicating machine from the church. And, and uh, 
we sent out like a thousand copies the first year, then two thousand, then the third year is like fifteen thousand, then fifty thousand, then a hundred thousand. Like this is just crazy, absolutely crazy. So that's how it all came to be, and it's just kept going from there. Man, that's that's a powerful story, John, and I want to thank you for sharing that. I hope all of us who are listening ha- have been feeling inspired by this, because the fact is, John didn't set out to be a master apologist, just based on that story. Uh, he set out to simply be a- to to make a small defense for the Catholic faith, and God just kept opening the doors. In John's going to stay with us for the next segment, and in that segment, he's going to be talking to us about how you and I can engage in the work of apologetics. Not all of us can have radio programs, but all of us can speak and defend the truths of our faith. Stay tuned to Marcus Peter filling in for Al Cresta on Cresta in the Afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome back to Crescent in the Afternoon. Marcus Peter filling in for Alpress uh, on this Monday of Holy Week. Talking to Dr. John Martinoni, founder and president of the Bible Christian Society and apologist extraordinaire. He does work in apologetics and evangelization that essentially reaches hundreds of thousands of people each year across the United States and across the world. Uh, he was also instrumental in my own journey back into the Catholic Church. So, John, just going off what we were talking about earlier, you, you you shared about your own story and your own beginning in Catholic apologetics. The, the problem is this. Not everyone starts off their journey in apologetics with being given a radio show. So let, let's start with basic principles here, a starting point. Everyone wants to defend the faith. Where do we start? Well, you, you start by remembering this one line. I tell people, wherever I go, and I'm talking about apologetics and how they can do apologetics, I tell them, I said, if you remember this one line, you are a class class one Catholic apologist. And that one line is, I don't know, but I will find out and get back to you. (laughs) That's it. Because... There isn't a Catholic out there, uh, there, there may be a, a few now, but, but for the most part, 99.99999% of Catholics are going to be asked a question about their faith that they don't know the answer to. Or they may know some of the answer, and be able, you know, they could maybe hem and haw and give it their best guess. But what I tell them, I said, don't ever give anything when it comes to, to talking about the faith don't give it your best guess, because the answers are out there. It's just you have to sometimes go and find them. But you can very easily, in our day and age, with all the means of communication, the Internet and so forth, you can go and find them. So I don't know, but I will find out and get back to you. And then the other thing, a couple other things I tell people, what I call my rules of engagement, mm-hmm. uh, is, is you pray. Prayer. Prayer is the most important thing when it comes to apologetics. You pray before you ever talk to somebody. You know, if you're going to say, God, I'm open to talking to people about my faith, which a lot of Catholics are not. It's stepping out of their comfort zone. It was stepping out of my comfort zone. You know, I'm actually a very shy person. I'm, a very, I'm an introvert. Uh, 
so getting up in front of people or, or even talking to people one on one. You know, given what I'm given how prolific you are in in radio media evangelization and talks, one wouldn't guess that you are an introvert. Most people would not, but I am. And and so I can tell people every time I give a talk, right before I get up to give a talk, Marcus, what's going through my head is, oh, man, why did I do this? I don't want to do this. <laughs> These people are not going to want to hear what I have to say. Oh, this is going to be a disaster. You know? But then when I get in front of the microphone, it's like, all right, let's rock and roll, people. You know, so something comes over me. God <laughs> looks after you. God will grant you the grace. But right. if you just say in your mind, in your heart, God, I, I want to be able to plant seeds of the faith with anyone in my sphere of influence. That might be one person, maybe five, might be a hundred. I don't know. But you just be open, and then you let people know you're Catholic. You know, if it work, if people don't know you're Catholic, well, then the next time you go to lunch, make the sign of the cross. Before you before you eat, say <laughs> your little prayer. You know, right. do something. And I tell people, once you let people know you're Catholic, you don't have to go looking for anybody to evangelize. The shocks will smell blood. We, they will come looking for you. Exactly right. <laughs> you know, and so uh, you do that, and then somebody asks you a question. Well, you know, Marcus, where in the Bible does it say anything about Mary being immaculately conceived? It's like, oh, uh, hmm. Uh, I got to tell you what, John. That's a that's a really good question, and I have to be honest. I don't know the answer to that, but I tell you what, I'm going to do. I'm going to go and get an answer for you, and I will get back to you as soon as I do. And boom, you're out of a jam because now, number one, you've told the person you've been honest with them. I I'm I don't know, you know, which is a humbling thing, but people respect that generally. And number two, now you're in control of the conversation because you can get back to them how you want, when you want. You can email them. You can talk to them in person. You can send them a text. You can send them a link to an article. You can print out the article for them and hand it to them. You can do however you want to do it. You do it, but then you get back to that person. And that's the beginning. All it takes is doing it once, and then you go, oh, wow, I didn't die. <laughs> so, you know, now, and that was kind of, I actually got somebody, but when you get them an answer, what are they going to do? They're going to have five more questions for you, ten mm -hmm. more questions for you. So I tell people, I said, look, take the questions, take them one at a time, you know, because I, people have what, what I call the doctrinal dance, where, right. you know, the They'll ask you a question about Mary, and as you're answering it, they'll say, well, well, where's purgatory in the Bible? You start to answer that. They say, why do you think the Pope can't commit a sin? You start to explain infallibility. They say, well, where does it say anything about confessing your sin? They keep bouncing around. Why? Because they're not expecting a Catholic to have an answer. Right. I, I have been, Marcus, to seminars at Protestant churches on how to evangelize Catholics. <laughs> I've attended and, those seminars, yes. Yes, and they tell you this is how you do it, and they tell you Catholics won't be able to answer these questions. Catholics don't know the Bible. Catholics, for the most part, don't even know their own faith. So you ask these questions, you get them in a jam, and you start them on the way out of the church. And so when a Catholic actually has some answers, it throws their game plan off. So they have to switch. You know, oh, you can answer me about Mary. Oh, well, I'm going to ask you about the Pope then. Oh, you can answer about the Pope. Well, then I'm going to ask you about confession and purgatory. 
I, I always tell people, let them ask those questions, but then say, okay, look, we'll get to purgatory. Let me finish talking about Mary first and make sure I've answered all your questions there, okay? So you gently but firmly bring them back to one topic, say all you want to say, and then move on. So things like that where, you know, you're just – you are trying to take control of the conversation. You don't need to be in a hurry. You don't need to feel like I have to save this person's soul right now or they're right. going to hell. No, no, no. That's the other thing. Very important part of, of apologetics, especially for beginners. You, Marcus, you know this. I, Tim Staples, Scott, all these people know this. We don't convert anybody. Amen. The Holy Spirit converts hearts and minds of men and women. Not Marcus, not John, not Tim, not, not Al Crest, nobody. The Holy Spirit. Our job is to plant the seeds, you know, uh, like the sower of the seeds. We're tossing those seeds out there into the field and praying and hoping they land on good soil mm-hmm. and that the Holy Spirit can, can do His work. So you, you take away from yourself the pressure, I've got to convert this person. No, you don't. All you have to do is do what you can, what you're able in that moment, to plant a seed. Right. And, and planting seeds is, is about as easy as it gets. You know, I mean, just one question, you can plant a seed with somebody. Okay, so uh, we've got a couple of principles already, right? Uh, <clears throat> number one, stick to one topic at a time. But number two, uh, I should have said this was the first one. In case you don't know, say, I don't know, and I will get back to you. And, and actually go back and research and get back to them. Uh, and and uh, you then also say, you know, t- take your time with it. What, what are some other very practical principles that we can use? Well, uh, one thing I tell people is, is make a goal for yourself to try to learn something new or maybe solidify something that you're a little shaky on about your faith every day. Or, or maybe just say, hey, five days a week. Mm-hmm. Do so, that, and that could be reading the catechism, picking up the Bible and, and reading a, a chapter of the Bible a day. You know, start, I always tell people, start with the New Testament, start with Matthew. Then once you get through the New Testament, you go back to the Old Testament if you want, but maybe read the New Testament through two or three times. But Read the Bible, read the catechism. With the catechism, you can start at the beginning and go all the way through, or you can go to the index in the back and say, I want to learn about purgatory. What does the church teach about purgatory? And what's really cool about the catechism, they've got all these footnotes right. that relate it to Scripture. You know, and, and so you can, whenever you read the catechism, have a Bible next to you. Whenever you read the Bible, have a catechism next to you, because mm-hmm. you can look in the back of the catechism and say, you know, I just read Matthew 1. I wonder if there are any uh, citations from Matthew 1 in the catechism. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, there are. Right. So you, you, you get to see what the Church teaches, it, the Church's view on these particular passages, on Matthew 1 and so forth. So learn a little bit more about your faith every day, if and I, as you do if, that... If, if I may interject real quick, just sure. to build on what John just said, um, see, Ignatius Press puts out the Didache Bible that, that's kind of a two-for-one based on what John just said. Yes. Uh, you have the scriptures and then the catechism citations of those particular scriptures at the bottom in the footnotes. Yeah, it's an awesome, awesome uh, resource. Uh, so, But as you learn a little bit more about your faith every day, 
and you're showing God, I'm open to this, God will put you into positions, into places, into situations where you will be able to use your knowledge. And the, the one other principle is, do not be afraid. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Jesus said that to Peter. He says, don't, do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be fi- a fisher of men. I asked people, I said, did Peter ever get into tight spots? You bet he did. Did Peter ever make mistakes? Oh, yeah, he sure did. So I tell people, I say, you will make mistakes and you will get into tight spots when you're talking to people about your faith. You'll get in over your head and you'll be going, oh, my goodness, what did I do? Right. Why, why? You know, but Peter did too. Yet Jesus told him, do not be afraid. Why? Mm-hmm. Because if you are sincere in sharing the truth with people, and the truth is Jesus Christ, if you're sincere in sharing Jesus Christ with people, God can make something good come out of even your mistakes. So you're going to make mistakes. Don't think you have to be perfect to share your faith. You don't. Because if you wait until you perfectly know something about the Catholic faith before you share your faith, you will never share your faith. Yeah. So don't think you you have to be perfect. Don't think you can't make mistakes. Now, I'm not saying go out there and be foolhardy and, and again, make guesses and all but don't worry if you make a mistake, because God can make something. I mean, it's happened to me. God has made good things come out of even my mistakes. I remember you, you very humbly uh, shared this on one of your many tapes. Uh, I'm living proof that God can make a donkey talk. And, and, and <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm living proof of that. And if God can use people like me to, uh, to defend the faith, when I actually spent quite a quite quite a chunk of my Protestant life attacking the Catholic Church, I'm certain that God wants to use everyone here. Uh, you think about the catechism, right? Uh, what is it? Catechism uh, 905 that tells us that the witness of life must flow forth into the explicit proclamation of the gospel by word for every single believer. Yeah. Here's the thing. Everybody on this planet has somebody in their sphere of influence. You know, and, and again, it might just be one person. But you know somebody that you talk to that you could plan to see, even if they're Catholic and they're, well, maybe they're not going to church every Sunday. You say, hey, why don't you come to church with me this Sunday? Or, hey, when was the last time you went to church? Come on, Jerry, you need, you, you need to go. Come on, you know you do. Come on. You, know, you can influence somebody, not just in this lifetime, but for the next. John, I want to thank you so, so much for offering your time here. And we'd love to further these conversations in the future. We're talking to John Martinoni, founder and president of the Bible Christian Society. I'm Marcus Peter, filling in for Al Cresta on Cresta in the Afternoon.